0: Welcome to podcast number 137 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. As we continue our series on the miracles of the Holy Spirit, we need to focus a little time on understanding the miracle gifts. We need to talk about how people receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying unknown tongue. We need to talk about other gifts of the Spirit. So we're going to take that on today and ask for guidance and direction. Of course, before we do that, I'm going to be speaking out of First Corinthians chapter 12. I think it's probably the best instructions that I've seen on the gifts of the Spirit, and they are taught totally by the anointing of the Holy Spirit over the Apostle Paul. So before we get into that, let's pray and ask for guidance and direction. Heavenly Father, once again, I come to you, in need of your help and guidance. I thank you for all of the podcasts that we've had, and how you've moved in a very special way, and how you've touched the hearts and lives of so many individuals, not only in America, but also in up to 92 countries who have listened to these podcasts. I thank you again for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. And now I ask that the Holy Spirit would come in and take over, take charge, take control of this teaching today because I believe something special is going to take place. I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to move and reveal these truths to those who are listening in today and help those who have not received understand how that can take place in their life. Thank you once again for who you are. Thank you for anointing and touching these podcasts. And I'll be careful always to give you all praise, give you all glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. This podcast is going to focus on understanding miracle gifts of the Holy Spirit. And in order to get into that right away, I need to read a scripture that I've read before in prior podcasts, but I think it's important to read it again, especially for those who are new to this series who have not heard the basis that we need to build to understand Paul's teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter twelve and verse one. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. Paul is speaking, he says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. The Apostle Paul wants to start off with a clear understanding of how the Holy Spirit operates. And I think that's crucial in all of our lives. I know when I first became a Christian and people started talking to me about the gifts of the Spirit and tongues, interpretation of tongues and healings and prophecies and all those various things, I really got a little overload, got confused, didn't really know where to go and. I just decided maybe to just kind of forget it for that time and just kind of let things ride and I'll learn about it slowly but surely. Now my wife was filled with the Holy Spirit and she had a prayer language and she was experiencing another level of her walk with the Lord and I wasn't. So she started praying for me and started praying that I would receive the infilling and that I wouldn't have a heavenly language, prayer language, and that I would understand what tongues interpretation are like and that I would learn how to walk and live in the Spirit. And it was wonderful to have a wife who was loving. She was wasn't it? Pushing it on me, wasn't beating me up with it. She was basically just there to let me know the things that were in the Word of God and something that I had not experienced yet. So I was kind of acting like, well, that's okay for you, but maybe I'm not interested. But I think that kind of bothered her. And she said, well, I'm just to herself, I know. She didn't talk to me openly about it, but to herself, she said, I'm just going to pray that the Holy Spirit will fill you. So she was praying that, Lord, fill him to overflowing and give him the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in his heavenly language. I just believe that's going to change his life and going to help him in his walk with God. Well, so she was praying. I didn't know about it. She didn't tell me she was praying, but I just was basically kind of status quo, didn't want to make any changes, didn't want to get into that new stuff. So one night I went to bed, didn't know that my wife had been praying so hard for so long, and I woke up in the middle of the night. I walked out into the living room, and I felt like there's just something happening here. I'm not sure what it was. I was a Christian. I knew I'd given my life to Christ. I knew things had changed. I had a different perspective on life. I looked at things totally different. But then I thought, well, Lord, if there's something else, I want all that you have for me. So Lord, I'm open to this. I want you to fill me however you desire. So I yield to you and I submit to you. No sooner did I say that. And I was by myself in the living room in the middle of the night and I felt the Holy Spirit come up over me. And I started praying in languages, different languages. It so overwhelmed me that I just laid back on the carpet and sweet peace was all over me. But I was praying in the Spirit and I did for at least a couple of hours. And so it was pretty amazing that that took place. I didn't quite understand it, but I just knew it was from God. And it was a direct blessing from God through the gift of the Holy Spirit in my life and a manifestation of that gift. So I went back to bed, didn't say anything to my wife, didn't say anything to anybody else. And then one day in church. A short time after that, we're worshiping the Lord, and my wife was standing beside me, and she heard me starting to pray in the Spirit quietly. I didn't want to draw notice to myself or attention to myself. I just was praying in the spirit and she leaned over and looked and she didn't say anything and then later she said, When did that happen? I've been praying about that for a long time. And I said, Oh, just the other day and she said, Well you should have told me. You should have let me know. And it was a sweet thing. She wasn't on my case. She just simply was so excited to hear that I had received the infilling of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking other language and tongues and That was a blessing for both of us. So from then on, we talked more openly about those things, and I was certainly more interested in those things and learning about the miracle gifts of the Holy Spirit. So with that, as we move on, we need to, in this podcast, to understand the miracle gifts of the Holy Spirit, how they work. And we need to understand it because God wants us to understand. The Holy Spirit will help us to understand. The Apostle Paul teaches us About these gifts and wants us to understand. So I guess all that's left, since everyone's in agreement on that, is that we need to be in agreement. All that's left is for us to make the effort to understand and to tell others about the miracle working power of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So let's look a little further in the scriptures and see what Paul has to say. I'll go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's just look at verse number 3. I think this will give us some direction I want to talk about today. The Apostle Paul says this. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. You see, that's instructions to tell us how we have to live in order to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our life. I'll allow of you to give me the opportunity to speak to you about some of the people I've spoken to dealing with this baptism, and so. I'm reminded of the times that I have prayed with those who want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in an unknown tongue. And it's been quite frequently that I've prayed with people, and I know my wife and I both have, and many times we have prayed with them and they've received the gift of tongues in their life and have been blessed by it. Now often, though, I've wondered why many Christians do not have an understanding of the gifts of the Spirit. They are not aware of the significance of the Holy Spirit in their lives. Some believe that the working of the Holy Spirit ceased after the events recorded in the book of Acts. Yet, the words of Jesus are recorded in John 14, starting at verse 15. He says this, If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will send you another advocate. Another translation says a counselor who will never leave you. Verse 17, He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive Him because it isn't looking for Him and doesn't recognize Him. But you know Him because He lives with you now and later will be in you. Jesus is giving comfort and telling them that the Holy Spirit is going to continue on as Jesus goes to be with the Father in heaven and sit at His right hand as Jesus is then interceding for His followers. The Holy Spirit then was going to come and was going to fill them and then, course, we read on in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost when the Spirit of God fell. And I'm not going to get into that because I'm going to save that for another podcast down the road, but I just wanted to plant that in your mind, in your heart, to know that when people are talking about the Holy Spirit is not working today, Jesus left instructions and told us that the Holy Spirit would be here and would come and would fill us and bless us and direct us and be our comforter. As additional proof to the Holy Spirit still being alive and well and is still operating, the examples are found by the Holy Spirit moving in the world. And we've seen the working of the Holy Spirit in continents all over the world. The great revivals of the Christian church is proof of the Holy Spirit working on earth. Here are a few of the examples. On the day of Pentecost, we read about it in the book of Acts where the Holy Spirit fell and they all prayed in In other languages, and praised and worshiped God. And then after that, We heard about a number of great revivals many, many years later. Matter of fact, many centuries later in the late 1700s, the Great Awakening took place. And then the second Great Awakening took place in the early 1800s. And when I talk about an awakening, that means the Spirit of God moved as Christians were praying and seeking God. And the Holy Spirit came down and the power of God fell upon these Christians, these believers, and a great number of people came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Then the Welsh Revival of 1904, and 1905, five, an incredible revival that took place in Europe. The evangelical revivals of Billy Graham and Billy Sunday and all the great apostles who were out on the earth and the the evangelists who were teaching and preaching the Word of God. The great revivals that took place in, in England with Charles Spurgeon speaking and filling up temples just with thousands and thousands of new Christians, new believers, that was basically taking place because of the moving and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Then in America, the Azusa Street Revival took place in the early 1900s that basically established the Assemblies of God Church that my wife and my family are now are, are members of some hundred years later. The Jesus Movement of the 1960s and the 1970s took place In all of these activities and all these revivals and all these awakenings and all these wonderful things that were taking place, there was a great movement of the Holy Spirit that took place. All of these revivals and awakenings are only a small portion of the miracles of the Holy Spirit working throughout churches and homes and campgrounds and stadiums around the world. So no, the Holy Spirit is not dead. He's not ceased. He's alive and well here on planet earth. And he's working and doing a great job. And I'm so thankful to be a connected to Charisma Magazine, which is a wonderful Pentecostal, Spirit-filled magazine and wonderful group of people who are spreading the gospel about the Holy Spirit and the movement of the Holy Spirit that's taking place throughout this entire world. It's awesome to be a part of it, and I want to thank the Lord for you listening to this podcast today so that now you can join with this podcast and be a part of teaching people about the Holy Spirit, and a teaching and understanding of how the Holy Spirit will work in their life and is available to them. And you can share the scriptures found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where the Apostle Paul gives us instructions and guidance. You know, I think this would be a great time for me to give you my personal experience with revival in my early years as a Christian. Now, my wife and I had become Christians when we were 25 years of age, and it was during the Jesus movement that took place back in the early 70s. Only a few years after we had accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the bank that I worked for asked me to take a position in a little city outside of the greater metropolitan area of Phoenix. It was a promotion, a very good promotion, but I could only have the promotion if I was to pack up and move from the city of Phoenix down to a little place called Sierra Vista, Arizona, about 200 miles southeast of Phoenix. Now looking back, I think about what took place. And I think about how my wife and I prayed and asked the Lord to help us to have understanding whether this was of him or this was just something for me to get a promotion at the bank. And so my wife and I decided to drive down there and take a look. I told the bank we would think about it. I need to pray about it. And of course, I was telling them about my faith in Christ. They were not Christians necessarily, but at least they would listen to me when I would tell them that I want to pray about it and my wife and I need to be in agreement. So I went down there, Sharon and I did, and we looked to see what the little town was like. And I'll tell you, when we first got there, it was kind of a shock because here we were up in Phoenix with its, back then, about a million people, a million two, something like that, just in the city of Phoenix and about four million people in the metropolitan area of Phoenix. We went to this little town. Now, a lot of people, you might think that it's not a little town because it was about 30,000 people. But to us... That was a small town. And so with that, we went there wondering if the Holy Spirit was in this or whether we were directed to the Holy Spirit and wanted to be sure and absolutely positive that God was in this thing, so we went down there and we looked around to see what the city was like. But the very first thing that we did, and I'm so thankful for it, is we drove down to look at the churches. Before we got there, we called around to see what churches were available and whether it'd be a good church for us to go to. And we were recommended larger churches that had been there for a while, that were running several hundred people. And so we went down thinking, well, we need to find a church. And so we were dro- we drove into this little part of town that was obviously the most poorest part of town and. Little Little area next to the railroad tracks. Literally, it was. It was probably 50 feet away from the railroad tracks. Was this little church that had been built there many years ago? So we drove there to look at it because it was a denomination that we were associated with. And when we drove up, it was a little shabby little church. It was in terrible condition. The weeds were growing everywhere. The grounds were terrible. The church needed painting, and it looked pretty rough. And we had just come from a beautiful big church that we were attending, and everything was wonderful, and we were at peace with the Lord, and had a great pastor and a great church. And we kept wondering, Lord, why is it you want us to leave that and come down here? So this has to be your will. Otherwise, we wouldn't know part of it. So when we got out of our cars and walked around the church, we saw all the needs that this place had. And my flesh rose up Basically, you see, that's the battle we face in being led by the Holy Spirit is the flesh is always fighting against the spirit of man. So my flesh rose up and said, these people must not be very good Christians because the place is dirty, the grass is not nice, there really isn't any grass, it's all weeds. Place needs to be painted. At least they could make it clean and whatever. And I thought, no, I don't want to be here. It looks like in terrible condition. And so my wife and I got in our car and we drove away. And we thought, well, you know, I don't think that's where we should go. Now, the decision was not based upon prayer, it wasn't based upon seeking the Holy Spirit. But as we were driving back to Phoenix and we started thinking about that little church, we started talking and saying, you know, maybe that's where the Holy Spirit wants us to go. Maybe that's where God wants us to go. And maybe He showed us that because if we don't like the color of the church or that it's not painted, maybe we should paint it. And if I don't like the fact that there's weeds in there, then maybe on Saturdays on my weekend, I should get some people together and we should clean all that up and plant new grass and water it, make it look nice. And so maybe we should take the responsibility. So on the way home, which was about a three-hour drive, we prayed and we wondered what the Holy Spirit wanted us to do. And we both felt in agreement that we should at least try the church and go in because there was something that was drawing us. At the time, we weren't quite sure what it was because we were relatively new Christians. It had only been Christians for a little over a year and a half or so. And we weren't really sure if it was we were being spirit-led or not. But anyways, we went back to the church to visit it and on a Sunday. And when we got there, we walked through the door and it was a small inside. It was kind of kind of in an old state. It was clean inside, but it was not in good condition. Everything was very worn out, but very clean. But what blew us away, what impressed us was this wonderful presence of the Holy Spirit in that place. There was only about 30 people that went there. The pastor was a wonderful fella, just a great man. His name was Paul, wouldn't you know it? His name was Paul. And him and I just kind of hit it off. And his wife, she was a sweet lady. They were elderly people and had been pastoring for many, many years and had been evangelists and all that. But we got to know them. We got, all the, got to know the people and that just that one visit. And we were invited to go have coffee. We were invited to go have ice cream. We were invited to have breakfast. I mean, it was just an overflowing of love and excitement. So we walked out of that church and said, you know, I think I know why we're here the Holy Spirit wants us to be here. And we're supposed to do something. We're supposed to be a part of this place. So we kept going. Matter of fact, we moved down to Sierra Vista because of that church. We were happy and and settled in there. And no sooner had we got there that the Holy Spirit told me to start volunteering. And my wife was volunteering. And I was involved with the teenagers ministry. And my wife was with, with the ladies ministry. I was involved with the men's ministry. We would go there on Saturdays and work on the church with other crews and stuff and clean the place up. And matter of fact, one Saturday, my wife and I went down. There wasn't anybody there. And so I took some stain and sandpaper and we sanded down the big front wood doors that looked terrible and I restained them and they came out beautiful. And people said, oh, the friends must have bought that new door. And I said, no, we didn't buy anything. We just cleaned up the one that was there and it came out looking just beautiful, these big wood doors. So anyways, we really had peace. And I got close to the pastor and then he invited me to serve on the board of the church. And it was only just a couple of months that one day he said, you know, you're becoming a very important part of this church and so I'd like for you to speak on a Sunday. Now, let me think about that. Let me just express something to you. What if you had been a new Christian? You'd only been a Christian for a short time. You'd never spoken publicly about the things of God, especially at a church service on Sunday. And this pastor came and says, I really think that you have something to say, and I'd like you to give your testimony, you know, of our salvation and our relationship with the Lord and share with the church. At first, I didn't want to do it, but my wife and I prayed, and the Holy Spirit said, yes, this is the time for you to step forward and do that. So I spoke that Sunday, and something amazing took place. As I was there, and we were in the worship service, and the pastor's wife was playing the piano, and we had a couple of people who were singing, and it was, it was nice. It was very pleasant, but then it was my turn to get up. Pretty soon, and matter of fact, I didn't mention this. We were—I was also the worship leader, so I was up there directing the church through the hymns that we were singing. And I thought that was interesting because I'd never done anything like that before. But I had a little musical background, and God wanted me to use whatever talent I had. But think about this—I'm telling you this long story because it's crucial. It, it sets up something that's crucial for you to think about in your own life. So during the worship service, I felt the Holy Spirit convict me to give an altar call for people to give their life to Christ. So in the middle of it, I looked over at the pastor, Pastor Paul, and I said, is it okay if I give an altar call now and stop the worship service? And he said, absolutely. And so we stopped singing, and I told everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads. And the Holy Spirit spoke through me And I made this statement I couldn't believe I made. I said, there are two people in this church who need to give their life to Jesus Christ. They are both ladies. One is a younger woman, and another one is a middle-aged woman. You've been coming to church here, but you've never surrendered your life to Christ. So this is your time. This is your moment. And I'm not going to go any further until you come down here right now and come forward. Come to this altar, and we're going to lead you in prayer to receive Jesus. Now, I had never led anybody to Jesus at the time. But it was very quiet. I mean, it seemed like it was deathly quiet for like an hour. It was probably 30 seconds. But all of a sudden, one lady, she started crying, and she came down the aisle. And she she was at the house. She was a young lady. I looked at Pastor Stoll, and he said, I'll take care of it. And he went down to pray with her. And then a middle-aged lady said, no, she said, I need to come. And so she got up and she was crying and she came down. And there were the two of them. And I thought, Lord, this has got to be you because something incredible has taken place. Well, see, it was the Spirit of God that moved on that place. What if we hadn't gone to that church? What if we had not been willing to work with that church and help clean it? What if we had not listened to the Holy Spirit telling us to go to the the trashy little church, the dumpy little church, the church that wasn't being cared for? Don't go to the big fancy pretty one that looks nice. Go to the one that needed help. What if that would have happened? Well, those two women may have never given their life to Jesus Christ. Well, what's amazing was after that took place, revival broke out in that church. Now, the church was only running about 30 people for probably 10 years. But in a matter of weeks, just a few weeks, the church had 100 seats. Every seat in that place was filled. People were standing around the edge of the church, and I was preaching, and Pastor Paul was preaching, and we were absolutely blown away with what took place. That church went from 30 people to 200 people overnight and in this little area where we really didn't have nice facilities. Matter of fact, when the train would go by, the church would vibrate. And so we were having services there and every single service, people were giving their life to Jesus Christ. My wife and I stayed there for several years and ministered in that church. And then I took a transfer to Tucson and we got involved in another church and the rest of the story I won't get into. But I, I gave you that story to just let you know, what if you don't listen to the Holy Spirit when he speaks to you? What if you don't invite someone to church when that person might be a person who needs Jesus, and not only that, but needs to have something dramatic take place in their life for their family, for their marriage, for their health, for their finances, for their career? What if we're not led by the Holy Spirit and we miss the opportunity to step forward and do something that's out of our own comfort zone? You see, the Holy Spirit is ready to do something in your life. And that's why I told you this story because I believe that right now, If you don't understand how to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, then just close your eyes right now. Now, if you're riding a bike or listening to your car or something, please don't do that. Pull off the road or something. But I'd like you just to invite the Holy Spirit into your life and to touch you and give you guidance and give you directions and give you instructions. I believe the Holy Spirit's got something special for you. And if you're seeking the gifts of the Spirit, what if you had not listened to this podcast to hear that testimony of that amazing revival that took place in that little tiny church? Oh, by the way, that church now is running six to seven hundred people, have beautiful new facilities on 10 acres, and it was all birth back then. When a young man who was a new Christian and his wife decided to submit to God and submit to the miracle working power of the Holy Spirit, Gifts of healing took place in that that church. We had deliverances. We had people with tongues, interpretation of tongues. We had people filled with the Holy Spirit just constantly in the church. And it was an amazing event. And the power of God is ready to move into your life right now if you'll just step out in faith and believe that God has something special for you to do. So I'm gonna pray right now the Holy Spirit would move in your life and touch you. Father, I thank you for this teaching. I didn't realize this whole testimony would take over so much of the message message today, but I believe it was of you. And I believe people needed to hear this message because something is in their life taking place where they need a divine intervention from the Spirit of God. And I pray now that miracle working power would would flow through their lives. Father, for those who are seeking the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that they would press into you and get closer to you, Father pray, Lord, that those who want to be filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in an unknown language or their heavenly language would be received that right now, that anointing. I pray for those who want to pray for the sick that they would receive an anointing from the Holy Spirit to pray for the sick and that the gifts of miracles and healings will take place in those who are listening in today. And I also pray that those who are listening in will then remind their friends and family members to tune into these podcasts because the Holy Spirit is at work. He's doing something amazing and something miraculous is taking place. I thank you for it now. And thank you for your blessings, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to close this podcast today with 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number, I think it was verse number 9. These are the words of the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. Verse 9 says this, That is what the scripture means when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10, But it was to us that God revealed these things by his Spirit, for his Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. The secrets of God are available to us, and I pray now that you would seek out a closer walk with the Spirit of God that you would seek out guidance and wisdom and direction from the Holy Spirit in all that you do. And I thank the Lord for intervening in this session today and bringing us a podcast that's going to change lives. I thank you, Lord, for that. And I pray that those who are listening in now, I just believe that something special is taking place in their life. And there's going to be folks that will contact me in one way or another through my webpage or through Facebook or wherever it might be, and just let me know that something's happened in their life, that this podcast has touched them in a special way and they're seeking more of the guidance and the direction from the Holy Spirit. So with that, I just pray that everyone here was blessed today and I hope that you'll tune in for our next podcast coming up as we continue to talk about the miracles of the Holy Spirit and miracles that are going to take place in your life. So I believe for that now and I thank God for this opportunity. You know, if you'd like to know more about the teachings that the Lord has put up on my heart, you could go to my webpage at davidcfriendauthor.com and when you pull that webpage up, you'll notice a couple of places you can click on for information. The first is you can click on for the books that I've written. I'm not trying to sell you a bunch of books. That's not the point. If you wish to hear pretty much everything that my books have to say in them, you can just look at my podcast. There's been 137 of them and I am basically teaching from most of the things that I've written in the books that I've had. oh, Like like today, though, that information isn't in the books I've written because the Holy Spirit had prepared just for today. But you can then get information in my webpage that talks about faith. I've written a book there recently entitled, Receive Everything from What We Call Nothing. I've written a book on generosity. I've written books to help veterans. And I've written a book there to help people dealing with their finances. So you might find interest in that. In addition to that, if you'd like to continue to listen to the podcasts that I've been doing here with the Charisma Network, you can subscribe to cpnshows.com to look at my podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. So with that, I would encourage you to maybe look at some of these past teachings on the whole Holy Spirit. The last eight or ten have been specifically on the Holy Spirit and miracles, and as we'll continue to do that, I pray they might be a blessing to you. If you've been listening to my previous podcast, then may God bless you with those, and I would ask that you'd share those with other people. I don't make any money when you tune into the podcast. There's no fee that comes to me, so I'm not trying to push that. All I'm trying to let you know is that God is at work through this podcast, and He's changing lives, and He wants to change your life, and wants to touch you, touch you, and He wants to bring miracle working power in your life. And those of you who are seeking the gifts of the Spirit, I believe as you press into Him, press into His Word, and pray, seek the guidance and direction from the Holy Spirit, you're going to abound with blessings, and you're going to have the manifestations of the Holy Spirit taking place in your life. It's going to be an amazing experience, and I thank God for it in advance. So with that, I would like to give you a little idea of what we're going to be talking about in next week's message on the Miracle of the Holy Spirit. We're gonna talk about the manifestation uh, to the glory of God, for the moving of the Spirit of God. We're gonna talk about having faith to believe and to be able to understand that God wants to put power in our lives. He wants to put power in your walk with him and he wants to bless you. He wants us to understand the gifts and how to operate in them, but he also wants us to be active not just know about it, but to actually do it. You see, the Bible tells us that faith without works is dead. So we need to have faith to believe, but then we need to take action and do greater works because I believe he has great works planned for those of you who are listening in and receiving these instruction and he's teaching on the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage you to focus on reading in the book of 1 Corinthians. I think that's a little homework assignment for you. If you'll read that, I think that you'll find there's some great teachings there. And it'll if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, Spirit. And if you already receive these gifts, it'll just give you a, an additional refreshment of where it all came from and how God inspired the Apostle Paul to write about them. So with that, I'd like you to get into that. Also, you might enjoy reading in the book of Acts when the power of the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, and it's just an amazing story of the power of God. You know, the Holy Spirit's doing a great work, and He's doing it not only at Charisma Magazine, but also on these podcasts with cpnshows.com. And I know that He's doing a great work through the other fellow podcasters that work with this media at Charisma. So thank you once again for being a part of it. I pray that God will richly bless you, and I know that He's got a plan for your life to bring miracles into your life. So with that, I'd just like to close with these words. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So until next time, I pray that God will richly bless you and bring forth miracle manifestations of the Holy Spirit in your life. God bless you.